there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. I want to talk to you this morning about Hotel Earth. You've heard of the Hotel California? Well, we're going to talk about Hotel Earth. But I didn't invent the Hotel, Hotel Earth. I didn't invent that whole thing. Nicole, Maurice Nicole spoke of Earth as a vast hotel into which air was being blown to keep people alive. Okay, so just think of Earth as this huge hotel, Hotel Earth, and there's this giant ventilation system and it's blowing air into the Earth so that all the people have air so that they can breathe and live. And if the ventilation system shuts down and gets clogged up or something happens to it, people get too far away from it, they start to perish, they start to die from lack of air. Are you with me so far? Now, if you start looking for the ventilation system, <laughs> you know, if you go out there and you start looking for the ventilation system, you get so literal, well, I don't see any ventilation system. I, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do for that. You must take hold of your own mind and you must direct your attention. You've got to be able to make this leap. Well, but I automatically do this. Well, stop it. Well, how do you do that? Just stop. How do you stop walking? Just stop. How do you stop doing something? Just stop. But I can't keep stopped. No, well, stop when you can. And each stop will lead to a longer stop and a better stop and a quicker stop until you can finally begin to stop doing the stupid mechanical things that we do. The ventilation system, according to this idea that Nicole spoke about, is the conscious circle of humanity, introducing air. And he says the Greek word for air is the same as the Greek word for spirit. They didn't have two words, spirit and air. They had one word, and it meant spirit and air. So for them, spirit and air were the same thing. So when he is using this as air, when he says his ventilation system is blowing air into the earth, what he's really saying it is, is it's bringing the spirit of life. Because really, when you think about it, if I take all your air away, the spirit of your life is gone with it. We think about the Bible analogy, the Bible story about how man was created. First, God made him, formed him out of the dust of the, of the earth. So he was a physical person. He took the material, the, the molecules and the stuff of the universe, the stardust of the universe, and he formed this physical thing, this physical thing of matter. Then he breathed into him his own breath. He breathed into him his own spirit, and man became a living being. So something happened there. Now, if you read the, the original Hebrew of that, it says man became a soul. It says that when the physical and the spiritual contacted each other, that a third thing happened, that man was physical, he was spiritual because he had spirit in him, but he also, those two things came together and formed a third thing called a soul, a living soul. Soul and psyche are the same. Psychology comes from psyche, so it's all the same. So our psychology is this, this soul of us, this mental, psychological body that is formed by the connection and the interaction of spirit and body, of spirit and material. Okay, now what that really means is 
three different degrees, finer and finer degrees of material. According to this work, the physical body is a material thing, the soul is a material thing, and spirit is material as well. Everything in this universe is made up of something material, matter, different degrees of vibration, different... If we are cut off from the higher levels, the air, the spirit that's blown into Hotel Earth, man begins to die. Without our air, without connection with higher levels, we begin to die. Well, that's fine. That's all fine, theoretically. But how would that actually work in the real world? Higher levels transcend the law of the jungle. Well, okay, that's nice, but what does that actually mean? Cut off, we descend to the animal level. Well, okay, what does that mean? Read Lord of the Flies. Children from an English prep school get shipwrecked on an island with no adults. And the story proceeds to show how they return to savage beasts killing one another. And what is their god? A pig's head covered with flies on a stake in the jungle. That's how the story goes. What the man is trying to say is, when we're cut off from the ventilation system, from the spiritual air supply that's coming from the conscious circle of humanity, we will return to savage beasts. I don't really care whether you believe that or not, or you accept that or not. If you don't, I will tell you why you don't. You have never properly observed yourself. You do not know who you are. You do not know what you are. You do not know of what you are capable. And because you don't know, you need to find out. But because you think you know, you won't find out. Brute force gives way to democracy. The strongest guy rules the cave, the tribe. And then one day they all get together and say, I've had enough of this. They throw a net over the strongest guy and they say, no more. We're now running things, all of us together. And once they prove that together, joined together, they can overpower the strongest guy, they now have a democracy. But then what happens is if some more air is blown in and these people keep breathing it, this influences from higher levels, they'll then see that a democracy is just a big brute, that it's mob rule, that what a democracy needs is a republic. That is, mobs ruled by law. And it's got to be higher law. Can't be just any old law that we come up with right now. Well, let's, I got the new law. Let's lynch him because I don't like him. And everybody else says, yeah. The majority says, yeah, so they lynch him. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a law that is predetermined, that comes from a higher level. A law that says just because someone is born with a club foot doesn't mean you have to club them to death at birth. Just because someone can't work anymore doesn't mean you have to put them out on the ice to die. That's a higher law. That's not the law of the jungle. That's something that comes from somewhere else outside of the jungle. That is the ventilation system. That is the influence of the conscious circle of humanity. What is the conscious circle of humanity? Four words. That's what the conscious circle of humanity is. You know what God is? Three letters, one word, meaningless to us. Because we don't know what God is. Absolute, seven letters for the same thing. So now we can, now we're, now we're really styling. Now I can say nothing in seven letters instead of three. Well, how about that? And that we call education, which isn't really that great when you think about it. So brute force gives way to democracy. Democracy gives way to republic. Vengeance gives way to justice. Justice gives way to mercy. The higher lifts us up out of the lower. This is what Dr. Nicole was trying to explain to us. 
with this idea of a ventilation system and this spirit, this higher influence, lifting us up. That's the possibility that we have that donkeys and mules and horses and cows and pigs don't have. And it's not just because of the difference of opposable thumbs and speech. It's something else. Man number one is literal man glued to the senses. A man born in the spirit has understanding beyond the literal. He begins to see something more. What does he begin to see? He begins to see good and evil. That's the first thing he begins to see. So that's not a place to stop. Because man number whatever he is who can see good and evil, that's a man at war. That's not a good place to stop, I mean. That's a man at war. So we don't want to stop there. We want to get beyond that. But it's where we have to go from there. From man number one, literal man, glued to the senses. Everything has got to be exactly this way. Well, if I'm standing on the moon, then I'm under 96 orders of laws. If I'm standing on the earth, then I'm automatically under 48 orders of laws. Well, what if you're an idiot from the moon standing on the earth? And you bring your idiot mind with you and you're standing on the earth under 48 orders of laws. Is your idiot mind still under 96 orders of laws? Yes. Well, what if, what if you're like um, a man number a man who lives under 12 laws, and you come to the earth? Then you're under 48 orders of laws, but your mind is only under 12 orders of laws. How many orders of laws are you under? You're under 12, mentally. But physically, I don't know. I know that people who come from different places different orders of laws, express in different ways. Well, what does that look like? <laughs> it looks like all kinds of things that we call miracles. But I don't even want to go there, because then people want to talk about miracles. And talking about miracles is more theory for us. We're still trying to get out of the goat pen. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we, we want to start, oh, well, we can read about Jesus. Let's all walk on water. Okay, you first. <laughs> I'll stay here in the goat pen and watch. And when you need something, maybe we'll throw you a goat bladder filled with air. And that will give you an opportunity to swim back to the goat pen where you belong. And get these silly ideas of walking on water out of your head. Because you've got to be at a certain level to be at a certain level. The work seeks to make us take ourselves and life in a new way. Well, what does that mean? Well, at first it means to find where we are and who we are and what we are. That would be new. You just stop imagining that we're this or that. That would be new. That would be a new level, wouldn't it? Transforming from purely material to spiritual. That is the ultimate goal. To transform from purely material, from pure, purely literal man, purely glued to the senses, to something more spiritual, something that can understand something beyond the senses, beyond the literal. Things have another meaning. Okay, this is the first thing we really need to get. You don't know everything. Oh, I suppose you do. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, then why should I listen to you? You shouldn't. Go away. I want to talk to these other people. That's my way of handling it. You know, then don't. Look, don't. I don't want to argue. This isn't a path for people who want to be dragged along, kicking and screaming by the hair of their head. You've got to walk it yourself. You've got to take up your own cross. You've got to walk it yourself. If you're unwilling to do that at this stage, you're not going to want to do it at the next stage or the stage after that when it really starts to get difficult. So do yourself and me a favor and quit now. Yes, things have another meaning. What the senses tell us isn't the whole story. 
You know this is true. Just look at your own experience. Tell yourself the truth about it. You have heard things that weren't said. You have seen things that weren't done. The census didn't tell you the whole story. Period. You know that. In the work, they have this, um, this little story that they tell about the hall of turning mirrors. What it is, it's a, it's a hall that humanity is in, and there are a bunch of mirrors, and all the mirrors are turning. So we look in the mirror, and we rush ahead, thinking that we're going in the right direction, but the mirror's turning. It's like people in the desert. They found that people in the desert, if they're, no, they're walking in the desert, they walk in big circles. If they're right-handed, they walk in big circles counterclockwise. If they're left-handed, they walk in big circles clockwise because the right leg is stronger than the left leg or the left leg is stronger than... And so their pace makes them walk in just a big circle. They think they're going straight the whole time. Hall of mirrors. Got the idea? So here we are, humanity. We think we're rushing forward, but the mirrors are, sending, are turning and they're sending us round on ourselves. So this is why we repeat. We're constantly repeating. We think, oh, but we've gone to the moon. Yeah. And your point is what? Oh, we've progressed. Oh. So what do we do now? Well, we're trying to figure out how to set up some weapons on the moon so we can kill those people over there on the Earth. Wow, that's progress. Cool. So now we can kill from further away, and we call that progress. I don't call that progress, and neither does the conscious circle of humanity. Progress is being able to get away from that to something higher. Well, what could be higher than that? What could be higher than ruling the whole Earth and making everybody do what I want them to do? What could be better than that? Well... Having the whole earth be of one mind and one spirit and one will and doing it because each individual wishes to. That could be better. Oh, well, that's impossible. <laughs> right. At our level, that's impossible. But a higher level, it's not. And that's why we need the air, the spirit, from the ventilation system. The conscious circle of humanity, they're sowing into life spiritual ideas. Ideas with power to separate us from the power of external life reflected in the mirrors all around us. As long as they're sowing these ideas into humanity, there's some possibility of people getting hold of it and going, you know, Mother Teresa had a good idea. You know, Gandhi had a good idea there. You know, that guy had a good idea there. Maybe it is better to have mercy than just strict justice, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Maybe forgiveness is something we could think about. Okay, well, that's enough thinking. Now kill that guy. But with this influx of higher ideas and higher influences, spiritual life, breath, air from the ventilation system, if we can breathe it enough, if we can fill our lungs with it, fill our minds and our hearts with it, then we begin to change. We begin to feed on that air. We begin to feed on those ideas. And we actually begin to change, to transform inside of ourselves. And we start to become different. This is the theory of esoteric teachings. The air must be continually blown in or we begin to die spiritually. Without vision, the people perish. Look around at the world's diminishing vision. And note the increase in the power of external life, in the power of the machines of war. We can sit in a little room under a mountain and on a little computer screen, push buttons and take a mouse and direct a pointer and direct this pointer to a spot somewhere on the earth and have it blow up and kill everybody there. That is power. And if you think it's not, be on that spot. And you'll change your mind. Well, in an instant. You'll know for maybe a flash. Maybe not. Maybe you'll never know at all. So we have vision for external things to increase the power of external life, the machines of war. But we must serve one or the other. Without influences from above, we're enslaved by outer life. Unless we have... Look, without me and people like me, you're not going anywhere. 
What is inspiration? What is expiration? Hello? What is expiration? Exhaling? What is inspiration? Inhaling? Are you starting to get this? The pneumatics of this? <laughs> pneumatics, get it? You know what pneumatics means? You know what pneumatics is? Air? Pneumatics is air. That's what this is all about. This is about air, spirit. This is about lifting ourselves up. This is about changing our form. This is about transforming into different kinds of beings. Stop the monkey business of killing each other. Stop the monkey business of all of the things that we've done on the earth, destroying the earth, destroying each other. Stop the monkey business and get about a higher business. What higher business? The higher business of mercy. The higher business of life. The higher business of love. The higher business of real justice. Real conscience. Real I. Being run by something higher instead of being run by life. That's what I'm talking about. That's what all these people have been talking about for thousands and thousands of years. When there's no inner life, we pass into the power of outer life. We pass into the power of mass movements. We pass into the power of mass politics. We pass into the power of mass corporations. What is this that's beginning to rule the earth today? Corporations. It was countries and armies and politics, and now it's passing into corporations. Bigger and bigger mass corporations, mass advertising, mass movements, mass propaganda. Ants are not individual. You must know, or you must be able to see, or maybe you can't at all, but if you look, maybe you can. Maybe you begin to see that ants have no inner life. The difference between ants and us is ants don't have any inner life. The difference between bees and us is bees, bees don't have an inner life. You have an inner life. But if you are totally, completely attached to your outer life and you step back from the earth and you look at it, you'll see that people are like ants and bees when they're just following the outer like ants and bees. When you begin to find your internal life, things change. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about an internal life. If there are conscious people... Why don't they do something? Why doesn't God fix it? Why not make people comply? We touched on this a couple weeks ago, last week, a couple weeks ago, I don't remember when. If there is a God, why doesn't he make it all right? If there's a conscious circle of humanity, if the conscious people exist, why don't they fix it? Because we're self-developing and we can't be forced to awaken by torture. Well, what do you mean? We wouldn't torture you. Trust me. Chinese water torture doesn't hurt the first 10,000 drops. In fact, it may never hurt. But it's torture. Why? Because you don't want it. That's what makes it torture. Your resistance. You can't be forced to comply because that's torture. It will develop into torture. I don't care how you do it. You can do it with marshmallows and feathers. If you tickle somebody long enough, it becomes torture. I don't care what it is. Any system of force is dead from the start. We can awaken from our own understanding only. Our own will. Our own understanding is the only thing that we can awaken from. We cannot awaken from anyone else's or anyone else's desire. That can't begin until we begin to see our state. Forces of life can work directly, violently on people. But the forces of the conscious circle of humanity don't have that. They're under different laws. See, forces of life, the police can come in. They can cuff your hands behind your back, hit you over the head, spray you with pepper spray. And if they don't like, and if that doesn't work, they can pull out a gun and shoot you. And it's all legal. I mean, you could reach for your wallet to show them your ID. And if they think it's a gun and they fear for their lives, you could be dead. And it's all legal because they're under different laws. In the conscious circle of humanity, that's not the way it is. They don't have a police force to make you do it. 
There is no army to make you comply. There is no court where you have to do this or that. It has to be your own free will. Guns, armies, savagery, all the things that we've seen in these past years of terror. See, this is the age of terror. The, the age we're living in is the age of terror. Terrorism, terrorists. That's all people want to talk about. All it is is the same old savagery, the same old brute beast jungle force, the same old man's inhumanity to man with a new exciting name. We're repeating ourselves again. This doesn't lead to self-development, people. It doesn't make essence grow. If it did, we'd all have popped thousands of years ago. That's not how it works. It repeats. It's internal, not external, that man must grow. He's got to grow internally, not externally. It doesn't help to go to the moon. It doesn't help to go to Mars. It doesn't help to go to Jupiter. It doesn't help. Man must grow internally, not externally. It doesn't help to change neighborhoods. You have to change neighborhoods internally. You have to get out of the slum inside of yourself and get into a better neighborhood inside of yourself where people are kinder, where the eyes are kinder, where the eyes have higher ideals. The mud of life mustn't be mixed with the understanding of this work. Well, what is mud? What is mud? Come on, I know you know this one, speaky to me. Dirt and water, very good. So, dirt is the earth, isn't it? We could say earth is made of dirt, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And water is esoterically... Dun, da, dun, dun, truth. Water is truth, esoterically. We have different levels of truth. We have stone. The Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone. Very basic, hard-line truth. Very foundation truth. Then we have... Another kind of truth, water. Jesus took stone jars and had them filled with water. And then he changed that water into the third level of truth, which is represented by wine. Very good. Esoterically, in the language of parables, in the language of esotericism, stone represents a very basic level of truth. Water represents a higher level of truth. So water and the physical earth join together. If they're not kept separate, creates mud. If earth and water are not kept separate, they turn to mud. They must be kept separate or the mud destroys our vision. Here's mud in your eye. When do people say that? When do people say, well, yes, when they're toasting, what are they toasting with as a rule? Alcohol, right. Mm -hmm. So here's mud in your eye. I guarantee it. You drink enough of that, you won't be able to see straight or think straight. Remember that we're, talk we're not talking about the vision of the eyes. We're talking about internal vision. We're talking about esoteric truth. We're not talking about physical things. Try and keep dragging your mind up, out of the physical, into the internal. Up means inward. We all lie mechanically, but we don't accept it. This is mud on our feet. We all justify ourselves and think that we don't. This is mud. We identify and we don't see that we're identified. This is mud. It's all mud in your eyes. The wrong feeling of I, where we put our sense of I in the wrong place, that's mud. We need to be cleansed of that mud. So Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Why? To cleanse the earth off of their contact point with it, their feet. And Peter says, well, then wash me all over. And he said, no, someone who's already bathed only needs their feet washed because that's the only thing that's touched the earth. Now, if you've touched your feet and got mud on your hands, you need to wash your hands too. That happens. Self-merit superiority. Everything, basically, that comes from false personality is mud. The impression from life without transforming ideas, any impression from life without transforming ideas that transform the incoming impressions, that lift them up to a new level, is mud. 
We don't want mud. We want to get the mud washed off. Dirt and water makes mud. More water, lots more water, clean water, washes the mud away. More truth. A little bit of truth mixed with our earthly mind makes mud. Well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like the Inquisition. It looks like the bombing of the... It looks like flying airplanes into trade towers and saying, Allah be praised. That's what that is. That's all that is. And that fanaticism has been around forever. Why? Because that's what we do with truth. We mix it with our present state of consciousness, which is earth, and we just get a little bit of it, and we make mud. We never get enough truth to wash the mud away. Here we're about trying to get enough truth to wash the mud away. The worst mud is thinking that we can do, thinking that we're right, thinking that we're entitled. Who does he think he is treating me like that? You have no right to talk to me that way. I'm entitled. Entitled to what? I'm entitled to better treatment. I'm entitled to be thought of better. I'm entitled, I'm entitled, I'm entitled. That's mud. That's mud. And it will ruin your vision if you get it in your eyes. We have nothing real to sacrifice except our suffering and indignation. What indignation? Our indignation. We live in indignation. This is an indignation. Mm -hmm. Or this is a nation of indignant people. Oh, who do they think they are? Well, we have more money than them. Well, they're just Mexicans. They should work here. Well, they're just blacks. They should do this. And they're just Pakistanis. And they should do... Well, they're just... They're not white like us. They're not... They're not Americans. They don't have any rights. We're nuts. That's insane. That's mud thinking. That is mud clouding our vision. You can't see with mud in your eyes. You can't see the truth. You can't see the light. And without the truth and without the light, we are going to die. Without that ventilation system blowing these ideas into our heads, we are going to die. We are going to go down into the mud and die there. That's what happens to man on this planet when he doesn't have a ventilation system. We've got to keep washing our feet until we're cleansed from the mud of false personality. It's going to take a river of water to wash the mud off of us. So we begin to see internally and make contact with higher influences. Do you remember Hercules had these tasks that he was supposed to do, the gods gave him tasks to do? Do any of you remember any of those tasks? One of those tasks was cleaning out some stables where there were like thousands and thousands and thousands of horses and, they hadn't be, and the stables hadn't been cleaned in like forever and Hercules had to clean them out. And the way he did it was to divert a river into the stables and wash them out. It's like, yeah, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> it's going to take a river to wash out the stable of our mind. When you feel negative, try to bring the work into your mind. See what it means to wash your feet. You're not, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you for any, to do any Herculean task here. I'm not asking you to clean the stable. I'm asking you just one thing. Look, when you feel negative, try to bring some work idea into your mind to wash that negativity out of your mind and see if you can't have the actual experience of the work washing the mud away. The truth, washing the mud away. See if you can't actually do that yourself. Have you been able to do that? Have you felt negative and brought some work idea into your mind and then seen yourself become free of that? Good. Then you know, and that's probably why you're here. If you wish to raise your consciousness, you must first get your eyes off your feet and look up. You can't go around looking down all the time. You've got to start to look up to higher influences. Remember, up means internally. Looking down at your feet means looking at the external, the, through the five senses. You've got to shift 
your base of understanding from the five senses to something internal. Or as our the, the podcast, the light podcast that we had about standing on the moon or standing on the earth, 48 orders of laws and 96 orders of laws. I know, but my mind just go, goes to concrete when it doesn't have the esoteric answers. Well, you better get used to not having the esoteric answers and then disciplining your mind not to go to concrete. That's your job. You're going to have to slowly begin to transform your mind from one that demands all the answers and insists that it's entitled to this and it has to have that. And let it learn some patience and let it learn to wait and let it learn to accept things as they are. And meditation is good for that, in case you had missed that podcast. Self-remembering is lifting up the eyes. Spiritual eyes are inside, not outside. Supreme self-remembering is gathering all of the work ideas about us that lie in our understanding. Have you ever had this experience where you have been so vexed by something that life was doing? You've been so vexed internally that you had to finally, you got finally backed into a corner and then you gathered all the work ideas that you had lying around in your understanding. You gathered them all up around you and you hugged them like your little teddy bear and your toys when you were a kid and you just wanted something to help you get out of this and they did. That's what I'm talking about. That's self-remembering. If you got to go and stick teddy bears in your stomach and in your ears and stuff like that and think that you got to go inside and hug your teddy bears to get there, there's probably no hope for you in this work. <laughs> you probably need to go somewhere else and stop bothering yourself with what I'm saying because all you're going to do is make yourself crazy listening to me. We're all blind looking down at our feet. It's interesting that Paul had to be struck blind before he could see, isn't it? Here's Paul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Was it Damascus? Yeah, it was Damascus. Oh my goodness, listen to me. <laughs> on the road to Damascus, and bam, he struck blind. He had to be blind before he could see. And we too have to be blind to the external before we can see the internal. And this work will help to strike you blind so that you can see internally. This work is to make us see, but you must want to see. If you don't want to see, this work will not make you see anything because it will not compel you, because it's under a whole different order of laws than the order of, of law that we wallow in. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com, to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.